there's something somewhere else you're lacking maybe <laughs> like is there like i i don't i don't get it like she tried to like play it off like like she was outside you know with her son and like she was like oh i was just outside so i figured i would shovel but like i don't i don't know and then, and then the story goes on like i i bring home dinner um you know because I, I well one i had to bring home dinner and he's but i i, I know i got what she wanted you know, because I think I was in trouble for something or something was coming. Uh, there was a drink made for me and I walked in the door, which is actually I've done it before, but it's rare. So I'm like, all right, what's going on here? It is 9.39 p.m. She is in bed and she hasn't said anything. So you're still alive, too. And I'm still alive. I'm here doing a podcast. So I don't know. Like, like I she's I, I have no idea what it is. Like, I've checked around the house. Nothing is broken. <laughs> Nothing is missing. I've checked our bank statement. She hasn't spent any money that I'm aware of. We don't. We have one credit card, and I've checked that too. And nothing's been spent on that. So I don't. I like part of me wants to be like, all right, cool. I've I have a you know, cool wife that kind of helped me out a little bit. But I, I guess kind of I'll, I'll jump in here for your thoughts. Where uh, there's got to be some. There's something here. Like there there's a trap that's being unfolded here, right? Or there's just something in the future that she's gonna want that you better just keep this part in the back of your mind because she's definitely going to bring it up next time she wants or needs something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, it sounds like, you know, if Mark, she had Mark outside, um, maybe he was just playing around. She didn't know what to do. She thought, oh, hell, hell, I'll shovel. Um, I know Chelsea's done that. Actually, she did that today, too. Um, she shoveled the sidewalk, and then as my dad was walking by, she goes, you got the driveway, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh I mean, I know I don't know. I mean, sometimes, honestly, like cutting the lawn, shoveling, you can kind of find it therapeutic, right? So right. you know, throw on some music, just go out there for a couple hours, and kind of just lose yourself in the work. But the, the thing that kind of gets me, and the the thing that I'm kind of, I would honestly, I would push it off to the side, except for that she took a picture and sent it to you. Right. Right. <laughs> like that, that's the one part right. that that kind of throws me for a loop on, yeah. on kind of what's coming here. Like why didn't why did you they why didn't you wait till I got home and go oh hey the driveway shovel like you had to take a point out of it take a picture of it and send it to me like although it did come down again hard at like four to six o'clock right well that just is wanted to make sure you saw it before you got home that's possible because that is the thing I did when I got home I did actually end up having to do it again I mean it was a lot easier because she did it first right. time but I did have to go through it again so I mean that was you know it wasn't as bad but yeah I, I don't know I, I at feel this like point. I think you you just you say thank you. You give right. her a nice big kiss good night and you sleep with one eye open. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've done. That that's what I I, I don't know. Like <laughs> you know, we're supposed to go out and do some shopping like tomorrow for like, you know, but it's like Christmas stuff for other people, but is there something coming tomorrow when we're out where it's like, "Oh, hey, by the way," and then like, "Oh, there it is." Like <laughs> here it comes. Like I'm waiting for it. Oh, by the way. Like I think that's going to start. And I'm like, "Okay, here comes a trap." So I I don't know. I think for the next 24 to 48 hours here I'm going to be on my toes. And if she's playing the long game on me here, then I'm going to be super impressed because I'll forget within like two days. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what they're good at. But I, I think in this scenario, since she's already asleep, I actually think you're in the clear on this one. 
if I have to go final verdict, I think she was just kind of outside and decided to do it. And hey, kind of look what I did. I think you're in the clear, buddy. Well, one can hope. So that that's my uh, for those who are wondering and listening. That was my that's my up my final update for now. Uh, if she pulls out the trap here in the next day or so, I'll make sure you're, I pay people. You're going to be hearing me alone next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it is what it is, I guess. Like, we'll, we'll see how that unfolds here in the next, like I said, 24 to 48 hours. Uh, but moving past that, into the hockey team, like I said here, uh, kind of where we're going to start is, I think, looking back on this 10-game winning streak. Uh, it was fun. It built them a lot mm-hmm. of leash, a lot of rope. It was impressive. We're not going to kid ourselves. We know they're not as good as a team that ran this 10-game winning streak down. But nonetheless, I mean, this is something we haven't seen in years. It got the city invigorated again. It got, you know, the fans going. So mm-hmm. it, it's exciting. So what we're going to do here, I figure we'll kind of go back and forth, right? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll start at 10, then you go 9, then 8, and so on, because you both have the list here. So mm-hmm. maybe we can kind of stop here when we want to and talk about certain ones. So number ten on our list, the number ten moment of the top, the, t- the number ten moment of this ten game recent ten game winning streak, is the Connor Sheary shootout winner against Winnipeg. I believe that was their fourth win, and that's when Skinner scored and was a late the second or early third uh, to tie it one one game, and then Sheary with that nice wrist shot. It was like a it was like an eight round shootout, right? Am I right with that? Yep. <clears throat> yes, sir. Sheary comes down with. Long. Yeah, Sherry comes down with that wrist shot, high cheese, and four games in a row. So that was, yeah, I mean, I, I was at a local drinking establishment for that. So that was kind of my one, besides being at some of these games, that was my kind of my one out in public game, I guess you four, could say. Four in a row, but also um, beating Tampa Bay and Winnipeg back-to-back. Right, right. And then you went and finished the deal in Minnesota the next night. But we'll we'll save that down the road here. So, all right, Bill, number nine goes to you. Number nine. I was kind of hoping this one made it a little higher, but it's all right because it was only a game-tying goal, and that'll be Casey Middlestad's game-tying goal. Beautiful shot, top cheese, nice celly after. It's kind of the – you kind of started to see Middlestad to t- turn it around, and, and for him, we were talking about it for a while, that he's kind of snake-bitten, uh, and for him to get that one to tie the game up there, uh, it was a pretty big moment. And I think it's, uh, like I said before, it was a – a thing of uh, showing of things to come. So number nine, Casey Middlestead. I do quickly want to put in here an honorable mention for that game because it didn't make our top ten list, but the Carter Hutton save on Phil Castle at four to one should not be overlooked. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That I, I think that was the a key moment. Or this, this, the breakaway where he got a piece on the shoulder. Well, there was that, but I'm also the, saying when he skate. went, yeah, he got the skate on it yeah. at four one. It was there a was power play. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. All right, number eight. We're going to start getting into our overtime goals here. Number eight was the... <laughs> Plenty of them. Yeah, there was a lot of them. Uh, writing this out, there was a lot of them. And shootout winners. <laughs> uh, number eight is the Jeff Skinner overtime goal against Montreal. I believe that was win... Was that eight or nine? Maybe nine? I don't look at the schedule. Lazy that have in front of me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. Eight. So that's win number eight... Jeff Skinner's overtime goal. He got the game tying goal late in that game off that ugly rebound from Niemi. And then he had that, which I still to this day not quite sure how we scored that goal. But, uh, you know, <laughs> Jeff Skinner, overtime goal versus Montreal, number eight, from through, his back. Yep. Three guys and a goalie. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. That That's 
the bounces you were getting then that you're really not getting now. That's that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of bounces, honorable mention the post twice against Tampa. Yes. Yes. Especially that Kucherov one late. That's right. Yep. yep. But on to number seven, back to Montreal, the goal that actually started the winning streak. Little did we know at the time. And that's Risto's slapper from pretty far out against Price. Uh, against Montreal, yeah, that was, uh, that was that was, and that was like that was the brutal resigning game too, wasn't it? Wasn't it like a train wreck that <laughs> yeah. entire game? <laughs> Everyone was clamoring for somebody shipped to the moon, and then yeah. he scored. And then he had that goofy, weird celebration too at the end of it too. You can't forget about that. <laughs> that that's all part of it. It's all tied in. All right, number six, where I think I think this one could be a little bit higher in the list, but kind of where we put it was number six. Uh, I think it kind of gets overlooked in this entire streak. It, it's not really a – I mean, it's a big play, but nothing crazy. But I think arguably it could be up there save of the year, and that's that Carter Hutton glove save he had against Vancouver because uh-huh. I, I still see that in my dreams at night because that was that was unbelievable. I was at that game. It was actually right in front of me because that's where the press box is, and that was, that was an unbelievable save. I mean, probably very lucky, but still an unbelievable save. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean – what Hutton and Allmark did throughout this winning streak can't go overlooked, and this probably is a little higher or a little lower than it should be. But as we know, we all like goals, and goals are going to be for the next five here. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. It's number five on you. Number five will be the Jack Eichel OT winner against Pittsburgh. So that, yeah, that one. I mean, coming down on the wing, kind of squeaked it through. But I mean, for Jack to get it, especially with the, I guess you could say, little amount of scoring he's done up to this point. That was the only uh, goal in the entire month, November. Was that goal? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah. But, I mean, it was a good time to get one because it kept the winning streak going, and that was actually one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it got you six. the six-pack of wins to come back That's home. That's right. As I said, I just remember, don't leave you saying six-pack of wins. That's why that one six <laughs> in my head for number six. That was six. a good one. Yep. That was a good call. It was. That was. I think that was one of the ones where Ray made the – it's funny. If you listen to like highlights of a lot of these <laughs> moments in these games, you, you, you always hear Rob Ray in the background with some noise. I'm pretty sure that – the Pominville <laughs> one got a oof, and then I think like the Skinner or the Eichel one got some sort of noise. Like after Don't Leave Me's call too, yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so yeah. you gotta listen for those key things. Those, that's like the game. Listening to these highlights is listening for the Rob Ray noise in the background. That guy uh, just doesn't give a crap. No, no, I, didn't he? It was like during the ten game streak. Maybe before that, was didn't he have like a glory hole comment in there? Where <laughs> I'm pretty sure he suck it. I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty sure he dropped it somewhere at some point. The glory hole yeah. comment. I forgot where it was. <laughs> All right, number four, and this is I guess it's a goal, but not technically. But this is the one play that perhaps I yelled loudest on when just instinctively came out of me, and I knew I was kind of back in on this team. And that was the Sam Reinhardt shootout winner against Detroit. Um, comes down, backhand, bar, bar out. And it was uh, beautiful. I, I, I don't know. Maybe part of me didn't expect him to score there, but mm-hmm. once that puck went in, and that was win number nine, right? That was nine. Yep. So that one actually is going to be uh, a real memorable one for me because I was at a wedding reception, and we were all watching right, it at the bar right. with the bartender. So that was your public moment. That was my public moment. Everyone's crowded around my phone. Good thing I got the bigger one. Eh? All right, all right, all right. Yeah, so we are no, in the top man. three here. Number three. I actually this one. I think if in light of recent events, this one could have made it into the top two, if not have been one. But for me, I think this one's really important, and that is 
kind of the encompassing of the Sabres after winning six in a row, coming home against the Flyers, the crowd that night, the way they started the game, Larry scoring and getting in a fight. I mean, the fans were loving it. The team was loving it. Everyone was laughing at Larry when he got in the fight. Uh, but I, I think really what number three is, is the ta- or yeah the city of Buffalo coming back, filling the arena, and just the atmosphere that night was unlike we've seen in many years. And I think uh, it was kind of a big moment uh, to show appreciation of what the Sabres were doing. And that was just, you know, win six, uh, eventually win seven at that point in the win streak. Yeah, it, it, that really gets it. It's really a culmination of maybe that's the moment where you know the city bought back in, where the fans came back, and you know, I, I mean, I remember the I was at the San Jose game, and you know, the We Want Ten, mm-hmm. um, you know, hearing the roar at the you know San Jose game, of, or even really any goal, you would hear the roar of the crowd before the horn goes off. You know, the people were into it; they were booing, they were cheering between plays, cheering and booing their officials, and you know, it, it's. It, it's nice to see. I mean, it, there, here's a funny story for you. So I have a new neighbor behind me, right? So he, uh, I was outside shoveling today, um, no, the second time, and we kind of, I have a corner lot, and, you know, he does two right behind me. So we kind of met in the middle on the side of our house, and he's an older guy. I would say, like, in his 50s or 60s. You know, it was the first time I met him. We kind of talking a little bit. He asked what I did. I told him what my full-time job was, and I told him, you know, my part-time, too. I do hockey writing. Um, for SB Nation and podcasting and stuff like that. And then he's like, oh, so what's the deal with the Sabres? He's like, what happened to them? He's like, I, I got into it all of a sudden, and well, then they lost four in a row and this and that. And this guy is from Spokane, Washington, who has said he's maybe watched 10 games in his entire life, hockey games. Really? And here he is buying into the Sabres. He just moved back probably a month ago. And this guy is like buying into the team, and you know, has asked me, "Hey, what happened? Why are they falling apart?" I just got into them, and no. So I, I told him to hang on for the ride. I said they're going to be good this year. They should be in the playoffs. So I said he came back at the right time. But that just, I think that's just like the thing, you know. It's uh, my mother-in-law, you know, during the Tampa Bay game where they finally lost, kept texting me, "What was the score? What's happening? I don't want to turn on. I feel like I'm bad luck, you know." And again, she's one who never watches hockey games, and it's 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 fun. It's cool. It's exciting to, you know, to see this city come alive again and you know in a way it gives you goosebumps you know it, it's brought you know the last eight years of losing and then you know going into media and doing what i have to do to be impartial and in, in the press box you know it's, it's taken a lot of the fandom out of me but i feel like you know this streak and how well this team is playing and having Darlene and eichel and the talent that's here is hard to you know bring that back out of me i mean i went to my first game in two and a half years the other day with you and you know it, it's mm-hmm. it was crazy to be just be there and be a part of that, and we'll get to that one in a little bit, though. We will get to the Toronto game a little bit, but in general, you know, it's it, it's yeah, no, exciting. It's... And, and you mentioned it too. You know, you said before there's people at your job, you know, who came up to you and told talked to you about it. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's it's. I would definitely say for your uh, neighbor in the back to <laughs> to listen to the big picture here coming up because uh, yeah, right, four game right. losing streaks not too bad, especially when you have Ted in the back pocket, but. Yeah, I mean, they'll be all right, and uh, we'll get to that too. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, just the, the encompassing of the, the city coming together. I mean, the Flyers game was was kind of the, the start of the beginning of, I guess, kind of the future here um, that we should be seeing for the next at least couple of years. 
Um, so I, I mean, it's it's only going to get more and more as the, the team gets closer and closer to the playoffs, uh, and especially if they can hang around where they are. Um, we'll start looking at you know teams in the hunt. You know who you could play in the per, in the first round, who you potentially would want to play if you got even through that, and and it's just even the I mean the deadline coming up. I mean things that we really haven't been that, able yeah. to talk about in a positive light or as a buyer. Uh, in many, many years, it's just only going to get better from here on out. And uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to think about. It's exciting to talk about. And I think uh, everyone's kind of feeling that at this point because it's the the hope and the what if this team is good and they're good a year early. So now we can look forward to being a perennial playoff team, potentially, uh, if things go right in the offseason. I think that is what is exciting for this team. And they're all young. They's all super young, too. Yeah, I mean, that really is exciting, Bart. It's it's how well they're playing at this age and at this stage. We didn't expect it. So that you know that gives you even more hope for the future moving forward. That's for sure. So let's slide into the top two here. Uh, number two, I, I feel like you kind of know. You kind of know. It might you, be the most ridiculous part. It really might be the most ridiculous part. And honestly, this might, this might be, should, probably should be number one at the end of the day. But it, whatever, it, it's number two because number one kind of should be number one. But yeah. number two, Rasmus Ristolainen in the San Jose game, walking Brett Burns and then going high glove on Jones. And part of that, too, was that ridiculous celebration you pulled out. And I never made fun of him for after. That is, that was just, I don't, I don't know. I guess that's like, it, it, I guess a version of the new wrist liner we're seeing here. I mean, in Toronto game, that was maybe one of the best games I've ever seen him play as a Sabre. And mm-hmm. you know, he tried he, between the legs in that one. He, he did, and he almost scored on that one too. Honestly, yeah, he actually—if he would have gotten that a little higher, he would have scored there. Yeah, so, that, so you know, the new look wrist line, I guess you could say. So that's yeah. that was I mean, I, extremely impressive. To say I the would least. say this: if, if number three, the Flyers, is the crowd coming back, number two is just showing the confidence that that team had that at that point in time. Oh, definitely. definitely. Um, they just—they couldn't. They felt like they couldn't do any wrong, and, and it really at that point they couldn't. Uh, any t- they were getting the bounces they needed. Anytime they needed a comeback, they were getting it. So I just f- <laughs> alighted and figured, you know, what the hell? I guess I'm just going to go between the legs and dangle Brett Burns real quick. And <laughs> sure enough, he pulls it off. And <laughs> oh, I mean that that right there kind of encompasses the uh, the 10 game winning streak. But I think number one, like you said, needs to be number one. So let's go wrap it up. Number one, the number one moment of the 10 game winning streak, Bill. What is it? selfishly i'm kind of glad it was because i was front and center for it but that'll be the skinner ot game-winning goal off jones stick backhand right to the middle of the net turn around and selly there it is i gave you number 10 10 at home just man everything about that night was just awesome it was fantastic i was glad i was there to witness it because i i definitely feel like even with all these moments i feel like that one had to be number one because when this team is going, like as this team gets good, and you know, how, if they do something this season, even if it is go maybe a round or two, everyone's going to talk about, you know, you remember that ten game win streak, or well, where were you when Skinner, you know, won, had that game winning goal to to win ten in a row, and you know, for the first time since oh six oh seven, it's just, I think that goal there and the crowd too, <laughs> the crowd that was like you said, it's kind of right, it's like yep. goosebumps even just yep. thinking about it. So I'm glad we kind of took this time to one more time reflect on the 10 games that were uh, before we move forward with the season here, because I think for the team itself, it's going to be very important going forward for the city. It was very important to kind of get everyone together and for the 
you know, for the team as a whole, uh, bringing them together, showing them the confidence of what they could do. Uh, and just, I, I mean, looking up and down, even the 10 moments, you got pretty much players from all over. Um, I, it was a real team effort to get these 10 wins. And uh, Skinner kind of just the guy, you know, the new guy coming in and 20 goals and however many games on 29. So I think it was just a, a great moment for the city, a great moment for the team and good things to go forward here. Yeah, and even if you want to, you know, quickly, last thing on this 10-game winning streak, especially the number one in particular, it's kind of like a – it was a changing of the guard moment, that whole play, the whole sequence. You know, Darlene comes down, you know, Carlson's mm-hmm. blast, you know, right. sprinting down the wing when it's like, oh, tap in, here it comes. Darlene comes out of nowhere, fly, lays out, blocks the pass, gets up, gets down the ice, somehow gets a puck back on the stick, a back a behind-the-back pass to himself around Carlson – Forces Jones to come out, ends up on Skinner's stick, ten in a row. I mean, it's it, it's it's crazy. And like you said, that that was the point where you feel like the team couldn't do anything wrong. Everything was going their way. You know, Darlene, Skinner, Eichel. I mean, look at these guys: Connor Sherry, Casey Middlestat, uh, Ristolainen, said Eichel, Skinner, Reinhardt, Hutton. I mean, there's you mentioned there's players all over the ice that you know were a part of this, and. You know, we're going to get into a little bit here shortly, kind of how that maybe has died off here, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. during that streak, you know, that that was definitely there. And then any kind of streak, though, that's I mean, it's what you're right. going to need. You're exactly. going to need a full team effort. And like you said, I, it's been only four games, but the I, kind of the reason you are where you are, not only did you play good teams, but as we'll get here, um, the depth starting's kind of fallen off. So moving beyond it, transitioning here, you know, this is, I think, a good time you've kind of set up here a few times to, to take a big picture look. You know, I tweeted on Twitter and I'll kind of people who maybe who haven't seen it, I'll, I'll lay it out here for you. So they had 14 games in 28 days. So it's basically a game every other day is how that works out. Eight of them are on the road. Six are at home. They play teams with a combined winning percentage of five, two, zero. So they're, you know, over 500, over 500 teams basically. And I had Tampa Bay, they had Winnipeg, uh, Tampa Bay twice, Winnipeg, twice, Minnesota, yeah. Montreal was playing well at the time. So you had some you know good teams mixed in there. Toronto, Nashville, you know they're all part of this fourteen. Pittsburgh stretch. caught at the right time. Pittsburgh caught at the right time. You know, so you know th- those are all teams that are part of this stretch. They went ten two and two in that stretch. They picked up twenty two of a possible twenty eight points. So they picked up seventy eight and a half percent of the possible points over that fourteen game stretch. Forget about a 10-game winning streak. If I would have told you at the beginning of November, laid out this 14-game stretch for you, and I would have said, Bill, they're going to go 10-2-2, two, two, though, would you not have called me and saying, you're like, no way, we'll be lucky to get out of there at 7-5. and five. I mean, Pretty much. And that's it, it's it's crazy. And I know they're on a four-game losing streak now, and we're going to kind of dive into that more later. But, you know, what, like I mentioned before, what this has kind of done even with that four-game losing streak, is it's given them the rope. It's given them the ability to lose four games, but not mm-hmm. really lose any place in your in the standings. You're going to get to, you're going to get to that in a second here. But you know, moving past this 14-game stretch, the next eight games before the Christmas break here gets a lot easier for you. You have eight games yep. in 18 days. The teams are a combined winning percentage of uh, four seven zero, so they're not great teams. Boston, Washington, Florida, L.A., Philadelphia, Anaheim, and Arizona. Five at home, three on the road. It starts with Philly this afternoon, or Saturday afternoon, and the Kings on Tuesday. 
again, I, I'm a big guy who I don't want to say anything here before like March. I consider a must win, but I'll, I'll kind of put it this way: kind of put that Nashville game. It's kind of a game. I those are two games I really kind of need to have. Like you know, if you lose those, obviously your season isn't over by any means. But I, I feel like especially Philadelphia and in in that Kings game, I just you have. You yeah, want to be Arizona a good team, that right? Arizona for that. I mean, Arizona's kind of playing better now, but especially Philadelphia, who's down just three, three, three their very general manager, home game. right? And Philadelphia is rotating their goaltenders again. You just beat them yeah. five to two two weeks ago in your building, and the Kings. I mean, it, they're the Kings. I mean, you, you, <laughs> those are games you have to win. You can't let those teams come into your building and win those games. There's, there's no reason for it. If you want to be a good team, if you want to be a playoff team, you have to start winning those games. There can't be letdowns. There can't be. I get it. You're gonna have it from time to time, but it, you know it can't continue. You know that this four-game losing streak has to end Saturday. It just it just has to, regardless of how your defense situation is. I understand you're down some players, but it you're not terribly down. You know you're not like you're down any of your elite guys at the top besides Jimmy McCabe. But you know, so I I just I think this is the stretch where you know they've had three days off here to kind of catch their breath and. You know, you're going to have, like I said, eight games in 18 days. You know, you have some time in between games here where I think you have to take advantage of it. And this can set you up really nice heading into that Christmas break and into January where things really start. I guess at that point, you're three months into the season and it starts to become crunch time. And if you're eight points to nine points up on on a playoff spot in January, you can almost take to the bank that you're going to be a playoff team. And now, like you mentioned in the beginning here, you start looking towards what can you do to improve your roster and how much do you want to spend to improve your roster? Yeah, and I mean, it's all exciting. I, I really think, to your point, you kind of you got to have two out of three here. Like you said, three teams that are kind of struggling at this point. Arizona's a little bit turning around, but I still think uh, it's a very beatable team. If you can get two out of three here going into Washington, it kind of just gets things back on track. Not necessarily that you need it, but just kind of get that confidence going again. Yeah, you lost four, but three of the four were the three teams ahead of you in the standings. Um, so, I mean, you know, they're really good teams. They're definitely making the playoffs. I, I would argue, I mean, it's not even argued, all three of those are Stanley Cup contenders uh, this year. So, I, I mean, besides the Florida game that you probably should have had, it would have been nice to have. But I think you can easily turn that around here, beat Philly, and then just get one of two in LA or versus LA in Arizona, and you're right back on track looking into December. And, and like you said, the rest of the schedule is really not. The, the month of December is not very tough. Um, so it's kind of nice that you had some tough teams in there in that 10-game win streak because now you don't have to really play them again. Well, I mean, you know, most of them. So right, right. <clears throat> the fact that you, you can, like you say, you can really turn it around here. And, and looking at the standings, I think the important part is the 10-game win streak was was huge in the fact that you have that huge buffer. And it is so hard to catch the teams that are above because of the three-point games, because of the OT losses. The Sabres have gone to the OT so many times in the last couple games. I think it was what? We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the 10-game win streak. We're in yep. overtime or a shootout. So, I, I mean, even if they're losing those games, you're getting points. It's just it's very, very hard to catch teams that are above you, as as we've seen um, in the last you know eight years, because we're always a team chasing. Even if, I mean, I know we're at the bottom, but when you aren't, it's, it's very hard. And even in this last four-game winning losing streak, I went back and I looked, and so the Rangers, the Hurricanes, and the Red Wings are the three teams currently outside of the playoffs, nine points, ten points, ten points behind. While we've lost four in a row, 
The Rangers have lost three in a row. The Hurricanes have lost three in a row. And the Red Wings have lost two in a row, and they were in overtime with the Leafs. Looks like they... Where did they go? They won. So, okay. I mean, that's good. <laughs> that's right, good. yeah. Take that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to, to my point, I mean, they lost, you know, two out of the last three. So, I mean, with the Sabres picking up two points in the last four losses, it's so hard to gain ground. So, if you like you said, if you can just have a good December, set you up nice going into the break, it's going to be really, really hard for those teams to put long winning streaks together when you know that they're just average teams. Uh, they're not world beaters. I mean, Pittsburgh is the team below them, and I think they will catch it, but they'll catch the Islanders, move into third in the Metro, and then you really don't got to worry about the Islanders too much. So I, I think the four t- teams that you're looking for is the Islanders, Rangers, Hurricanes, and Red Wings, but it's going to be so hard for them to catch you, especially when you're a team playing one goal games, going to overtime, and picking up those uh, three-pointers. I mean, that makes you feel good, too, is, you know, we'll kind of touch on it here briefly, is, you know, going into this Philadelphia game is the fourth game you lost might have been one of your best games of the season against the Maple Leafs. They outplayed them. You outplayed them for the most part. You controlled the game. And that was on back-to-back nights when you were in Nashville the night before. And, you know, and, and the Leafs have been sitting since Saturday. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. it, it's impressive. You know, Toronto got some bounces. Not Matthew's first goal, you know, that was it's a nice play. But still, it's a nice bounce right to him, drops it down, puck in the net. Uh, that tying goal from Marlowe off the back wall right on the stick and ties the game. You know, it's... You, you got some unfortunate bounces there, and then, you know, in overtime, you just tip your cap. That might have been one of the best shots I've ever seen live, you know, in that match. was <laughs> going, I mean, what are you, you going to do? And the guy walks in, bar down, game over. You know, it's, yeah. it is what it is, and you can do there. So it's, it's you know, and, and that's, I think, the thing that gives me the most confidence going forward here. You know, there, there was some... there were some rough games in that. They got outplayed pretty badly against, I don't want to say outplayed, but they had a... I would call it an okay game to slightly below average against Tampa Bay. Um, I think Florida was really bad throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that nothing really good came out of that. Nashville, I think they were okay. They just kind of got stymied by you know, a really good defensive team that locked it down defensively when they didn't have a lot of their good players. And that's just they what you got to do. They did. You know, it was a lot of individualism, right? Trying to do it themselves, skate to the defense mm-hmm. and. Nashville is just too good for that. It didn't work. But you know, to see them rebound against Toronto and to play as well as they did and to create chances and to, you know, outshoot the Leafs, even, you know, not just in shots on goal, but in shot attempts and to take the play kind of to Toronto for the most part. I mean, Toronto had their moments there, which you would expect in a game with the Leafs. You know, they brought some pressure. But overall, I mean, and you played that game with five defensemen, and Lawrence Pilot was one of them playing his third NHL game. So you're. You know that's certainly promising. You know, as uh, they didn't win, they got a point out of it. But it, I would, I would almost classify it a, a nice rebound game to set yourself up here for this eight-game stretch moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And, and you can't take Philadelphia lightly. They do have some, you know, high-powered offense, but it's the same thing as the game before uh, on the twenty-first. It's just you get up on them early, and they kind of just go away, uh, and you can kind of lock it down, take the home victory, and move on to LA. And that's kind of what I would expect here Saturday is you, you come out fast, you're well-rested. Sure, you should have the legs going, especially if Pilot's still here, I would imagine he is. I, I think the young guys get the legs moving. You get up early, and you kind of go away exactly like they did uh, the first time they played them at home. So I, I would kind of expect that against Philadelphia. And then, I mean, Roland, L.A., and Arizona, it's just be the better team. You you have the skill. 
they've shown that they can play, uh, you know, that more, you know, speed style. I really think they just really need to get the power play going. It's struggling so bad right now. Yeah. But, it, but it if, really if they is. can, yeah. yeah, if they can, if they can start to find some goals in the power play too, I think that's where you can start, you know, building bigger leads than just those close, you know, one goal games, get, get, you know, get up to and get up three Oh. And if you can do that, I, I think that's really going to help you uh, kind of put these three games away here. It's just, I mean, thinking about it, the power play, it's, it's the movement's just not there. The guys aren't moving. And like you said, I, I think it's a lot of them trying to do it themselves. I know specifically in the Nashville game, I think Eichel tried the same play three times in a row and just yep. got stopped yep. out all three times. Yep. Um, so I, I think they're just, at this point, I don't know if it's necessarily lacking creativity or they're just kind of stuck in the, the same mode for the power play. I don't know. I don't know what you think. I mean, it's a lot of what we talked about last year. I think it's it, the puck movement is just it's too slow. I mean, look at teams that are successful on the power play. You know, in Toronto, I mean, the, the puck is moving quickly. Boom, 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 boom. And what that does is it gets that four-man box out of position. It opens lanes across the ice. And, and then players are in a panic mode, you know, and there's that's how you get guys open. That's how you get mistakes. Position. Exactly. So it's there's none of that. You know, they set up that umbrella. Um, you know, it... it it's really it's two plans that power play. And if I know it, everybody else in the NHL knows it. The two strategies are get that one timer off, which used to be Eichel, and now get Toronto. They had Thompson in that spot, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I mean, that's what it is. It's try to get the one timer set up, or it's that play where you get it low when you try to pop it out front to Skinner. You know, Reinhardt down low and pops out front to Skinner. But again, and that's congested. It's teams are taking that middle away from you. They're keeping everything to the outside and. Players just aren't moving. They stay in that umbrella. You know, the three guys at the top, Reinhardt below and Skinner in the middle. And then the same thing with the second unit. You know, there's not there's not really any player movement, and let alone puck movement. And if I, I think players need to get around and move more, you know, it's just I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot there. You know, Ryan Stimson from The Athletic, I think, just did a really nice piece on the power play. You know, I recommend people reading that. I checked it out for the podcast harder. It's really good. Um, and it kind of lays out some things how the power play has struggled and what maybe they can do to fix it. So it's, it's frustrating. And, you know, it, it ties in here. The kind of the next thing I want to talk about with the depth scoring and how it's fallen off, you know, and you have guys that are on brutal, brutal streaks right now. And it's all happening, um, I guess scoreless streaks. And it's all happening kind of at the same time here. And it, it, it's why, it's why you're struggling the last, you know, four games here. I mean, you've had only Thompson and Gergens have scored goals for you in the last four games, and those both came in one game against Tampa Bay. It's been Eichel, Reinhardt, and Skinner that entire time, and I, I think that can get you by for a while. But it's just it's just not good enough. Like now, here are the numbers here: Pominville, one goal in the last thirteen games; Middlestat, two goals in the last fifteen games; Oposo, one goal in the last fifteen games. Saboka, no goals in 13 games. Rodriguez, no goals in the last seven games. Uh, Berglund, one goal in the last 14. Sherry, no goals in the last nine. It's just, it's it's not good enough. Over the last six games, last six, seven games, I mean, you've had 12 goals from Skinner, Eichel, and Reinhardt, and you've had five from anybody else on the entire roster. Five goals from anybody else on the roster. Five for the last seven games. And that's just, it's not going to get it done long-term going forward. You know, the depth was... It was an issue going forward. And for guys that, you know, you expected to be impact players like Oposo and Pominville and Berglund and Sherry and Saboka, you know, in, in the first 15 games of the season, they combined for 20 goals. 
over the last 14 games, they've had five. So it's it, it's just a lot there that it, it's concerning. You know, I mean, maybe there's, you know, there's some ways we can kind of get into here. You know, maybe you pull Reinhardt, who's hot now, pull him off that line, put him on the second line with Middlestat and Sheary and see if you can get that going. Then get Pominville back with Eichel and Skinner and see if you can get him going. And then maybe you have two scoring lines. But, you know, it, I think this is going to be a thing all season. It's what we talked about early in the season, the depth scoring um, at five on five was a concern. It kind of went away for a while, and you know, fifteen games later, here we are again having that conversation. And I think it's something we're going to be talking about a lot for throughout this season. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, you're spot on. It's just I, I think Berglund. See, <laughs> Berglund's a weird one for me because four and four or five and five with I'm sick of the fourth line. Five on five with Larson and Gergensen, they actually. Almost every time they're out there, I feel like they control play. You're, you're the right. They do. They create team, so. a lot of chances if they can't score a goal. <laughs> they, they, yeah. They, they, they're they very good at getting it deep, forechecking, cycling, uh, and, and keeping the, the puck on their stick. But, man, I mean, the great example is just Darlene doing all that work and then finding Gergensen's alone in front. Uh, and then he just, you know, all he had to do is kind of tip it towards the net and he shoots it 10 feet over the net. Um, it's just, they, they just can't find ways to score and, and Berglund, I mean, I, I don't understand the power play, but we talked about that last time. I mean, I guess I kind of get the face off thing, but he, that, <laughs> not to bring this up on you, but <laughs> kind of the, uh, you know, Saboka going out there to take draws with Eichel and, and Reinhardt. So Skinner's not playing. It's kind of. When when you know the depth scoring is not there too, I, I don't understand. So like in the overtime versus Toronto, it took forever to see Skinner even on the ice. Middlestead, you never even saw him on the ice. And you got Skinner I, with Saboka too. And yeah, at Middlestead, I just don't understand how Middlestead is not playing in that. I don't care if Middlestead has the worst game of his entire career. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say to be fair, he was crushed that entire game. But still, that that's his that's his it's it's time. skill set, right? He, it's, he's got good hands. He's got good vision. He's going to find you know, this, the goal scoring winger in a good spot, probably to score. And, and for him to not even see the ice to me is a little concerning, but um, yeah, I mean, the depth scoring, it's, it's, it's going to be high and it's going to be low uh, throughout the entire season here. And I, I think the way that you're going to be able to combat that at least enough that they're going to be able to make the playoffs is the defense has been playing so much better and giving you so much more production. Bull, you looks like a totally different person this year. Um, Rista line and now is looking like a totally different guy and he's, he's scoring, let alone getting assists. Um, I mean, pilot, you never know what, what that could be. If he does stick around, I think he's looked really good for the couple games. He's been up here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Darlene's Darlene. He's starting to give you the offense. Bogosian is starting to scare me quite a bit in the defensive zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he's getting exactly. close to traffic home status at some points in the game. But, uh, I mean, other than that though, he's still giving you a little bit of offense. I think, you know, he, he, he does lay it all on the line. You can see why he has that A, like when he took that shot to the back and, and continued to play the entire shift. I mean, the guy's got he's tough as nails, but, man, I need him to be a little bit better in the the defensive zone and, and be able to give that offense. I, I think they really do miss McCabe at this point. I, I think he was playing maybe some of his best hockey before he got hurt, so I think if you can get McCabe back, that's definitely going to help. Nelson, it's funny, when, when we were talking about how they were down to 5D and Toronto, you and I <laughs> sitting in the stands couldn't decide if he got yanked or if he got hurt uh, because he was playing so bad yeah, in the first couple right, minutes yeah. there. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that it's unfortunate that he was injured, but I think it might be a good thing for him to kind of take a little step back here. 
Uh, it looked like he was starting to regress. So I, I think if you can keep the D going, I think guys like Shiri will turn it around. Oposo, I mean, he's the one that actually is concerning the most for me. I thought he was playing really well, and then he's kind of just disappeared. Like You haven't even really seen him at all or seen of him. or It's just for him, I, I think if he's just not finding his spots to be able to get those shots off or I don't know if he's just, you know, getting a little unlucky here where he's not finding the back of that, but, but he's the one that concerns me that really when those younger guys or not even the younger guys, but like when Middlestad and Thompson start to fade off here again, you need a guy like Oposo to be the one to step up. And I mean, with the contract he's getting his age, he was brought in to come in here and score goals. He, I mean, he's a shooter. So he he's the one I kind of need to turn it around. I mean, Palmaville, I, I feel like, at this point in his career, if he comes off Eichel's line, you're pretty much not going to get too much out of him. And that's just the unfortunate way it is at this point. So, I mean, I don't love it, but it might not be a terrible idea to put him back up there just to at least get some kind of production. Uh, and then hopefully Reinhardt can can kind of bring it back around on the second line. Yeah, like, I mean, like you said, it's it's kind of is what it is. And I think you really need to – you're going to have to put – your best guys in the in those you know situations in overtime and and get them out as much as possible. I know you're starting to see with Darlene, which is a good thing. But I, unfortunately for this season, unless they do something crazy at the deadline, which I wouldn't even expect, um, it's going to be Skinner, Eichel, and Reinhardt with Risto and Darlene basically dragging you across the finish line here with goaltending too. Yeah, I know, and I think the goaltending thing is key to that. But yeah, um, and that has to stay up. It it does, and you know, and the good thing is you have both goaltenders playing well. So if one does fall yeah. off, you know, you have the other one. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's a good thing by having both going. Um, yeah, by saying that, I, in no means do I feel like it will fall off. Right, uh, right it right, might right. come down a little bit, but yep. yeah, I mean, both are playing. I I would have no reason to think either one of them fall off at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I kind of want to focus, you know, more on the defense here. I kind of talked about the forwards before, but you know, defensively, it's you know, it, it's like you said it. McCabe, I think, is a big issue. I think this last streak here maybe has given us a little bit more appreciation of the player that McCabe is and kind of how important he is to this team, especially in the top four. He played really well with Ristolainen, and I think he fits there. So, you know, he's week-to-week right now, which is unfortunate. Uh, Nelson is also week-to-week. Um, you know, I I tweeted out earlier that I was told that it's one to two weeks, upper body injury. Sounds like maybe a shoulder sprain. Um, you know, that's kind of what I what I was hearing. And, I mean, the good news is you're going to get a lot more Pilot, who I think has played really well. Uh, I, I think he's kind of transitioned nice from the AHL now to the NHL. And you kind of see why he was such a nice player in the AHL, what he did for that team and what he's doing for this team. He steps in, you know, as I said the whole time when he came up, he steps in as your second best puck mover in the team behind Darlene. And his skating ability is really good. And that's, you know, that's what this league is now. It is puck-moving defensemen who can skate and provide you some offense. Now, there's still some of those stay-at-home guys that you have, sure. But primarily, those are the kind of players you want in today's NHL. And he fits right in. He's only 22 years old, too, which is, you know, a really nice thing to remember when he keeps talking about him. It's how young he is and how much of a piece of the future he can be moving forward here. So, you know, it's... It's good, and I'm glad we're going to get to see more of him. I'm not sure it's going to last forever, depending on how well he plays. I mean, you're going to get Scandella back here as soon as day to day. All of a sudden, Matt Honwick is part of the conversation now. We could see him as soon as Saturday, potentially, which is kind of crazy. That kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, they're going to get McKay back, and they're going to get Nelson back, and that's a lot of players. And maybe if they make some sort of move or they wave a guy or two, the pilot can stay here. But unfortunately, I think at the end of the day, he ends up back in Rochester before he's here again full time. 
but again, maybe that depends on you know the injury status here and how well he does play the next few games while he's still around. But moving beyond that, you know, and Darlene has played very well. Rissalainen has played, you know, particularly well over the last two weeks. There's been some games here or there, but for the most part, he's played better. I mean, you touched on it. I, I keep saying to you, or I mean, listen to me. I think, you know, I praised Bogosian a couple weeks ago, but I feel like now he's regressing back hard. You know, it's kind of the Bogosian we saw maybe last year or parts of the year before that when he did play. You know, there's those mistakes in there. There's the turnovers, the bad passing, the flicking the puck in the neutral zone when you have time still drives me nuts and he does it all the time. So that's, you know, concerning. And then Nathan Bullio, I don't think, gets enough credit for how well he's played, you know, this season, how much of a bounce back season he had. I mean, how many of us wanted him waived and didn't want him near the roster when training camp rolled around? And, and some of the passes he's been making lately have been right. Nice. I mean, I mean, how many times did you and I say to yourselves ourselves in Toronto to each other? Nice play, Bolu. Nice move, both offensively and defensively. Nice pass. Nice get back. Nice breakup. Nice. You know, it's he's cut those mental mistakes out of his game. That's really the whole thing. He always had the talent. He always had the offensive upside. He always had the skating ability. Just there was always those mental mistakes that would hold him back, and that's a lot of people said about it. Even he came over from Montreal. If he could cut that out of his game. Then he's going to be an effective, you know, I would say four to six defenseman for you, and that's kind of what he's giving the Sabers right now. And, and it's going to be interesting if he continues that throughout the season, kind of what they do with him, one at the trade deadline or two in the offseason. He's a restricted free agent this summer, coming off a two point four million dollar contract. So you would think he maybe wants to raise, depending how the season goes. So I mean, that's going to be an interesting conversation to have. But we'll save that for another date. But, in, you know, in general, the offense has done its part, um, and defense done its part offensively. It's just this this depth scoring is really what concerns me. Uh, you know, I, I don't think any of the injuries on defense are too concerning because I think within about two weeks you're going to have all your guys back, and, you know, it is what it is. You know, you're going to get injuries throughout the season. But um, it, the depth scoring is really – because I, I don't know how you fix it. You don't really have a ton of cap space. Uh, you can bring a guy, a guy or two up from Rochester, but – you're not. You're definitely not mortgaging the future for right. This you're not going to make a huge pick of the deadline or trade a big pick. You know that's just not going to happen. You know, maybe in the offseason is a different thing. You know you can chase some of those free agents that I kind of wrote down. You know in my article I did today, you can check that out on top of the blade about the center situation. Maybe you can run down some centers, or there's some wingers out there too that you can run down. So in the offseason, sure, there's ability to fix it. But right now, in in season, your best hope is maybe you make a low level trade which doesn't have to be money in, money out, yep. or the players start scoring for our struggling right now, or you bring up a guy like C.J. Smith or Alex Steenlander from the minors, and they give you some offense. I mean, I don't think they're going to go crazy up here, but maybe they give you some offense, some production in the bottom six of your lineup that you're kind of lacking right now. So I think there's only two ways to fix it, but you know, like I said, kind of put a wrap on this. I, I think this is something we're really going to talk about consistently as the season goes on here. And it's going to be probably a concern for this season going forward. And you just got to hope that top line and that top pair, you know, if Dalina Ristolainen, I know they're not really a pair, but still those top two defensemen kind of could literally at this point just drag you to the finish line and get you to the playoffs. And then from there, it's, you know, it's any man's game. Right. And before we get off this, there was a a moment in the Toronto game that had you and I laughing for multiple minutes. And uh, I was talking about Beaulieu. Uh, his passing kind of <laughs> reminded me of it. And I don't even know if he was a guy, but, and I use this term of sprung him very sparingly, but uh, <laughs> was he the one that sprung Berglund for that? Uh, no, that was Darlene who gave that him that, who gave him that okay. breakaway pass. And he had, he had <laughs> yeah. a, I think he was at the blue line 
And I want to say that Gardner was behind the red line. It was Hainsey. It wasn't Hainsey? No, I think it was Gardner who caught him. Who was, who was okay, behind yeah, the yeah. red line. And by the time that Berglund got to the top of the faceoff circle, Gardner already caught him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I was... could not stop laughing. He just, he just tried to like spin and find somebody. And it was just, <laughs> he was basically <laughs> just uh, like standing still. It was terrible, but fantastic at the same time. That's Talk about slow. That's Patrick Berglund for you. You know, what are you going to do? Speaking of Hainsey, too, what the heck was he doing on Eichel's second goal, huh? Giving him all day and daring him to shoot, and Eichel did. So, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to break it down to that, that, but hey, that was interesting. Were, oh, God. That, that, that moment, though, was fantastic. I, you were screaming, oh, my God, and I was like, what is he doing? And then, you know, <laughs> just like <laughs> walked in and scored, which is awesome. But uh, The Toronto defense, got to love it. Uh, so quickly here before we kind of get to the end here because we're wrapping up around 50 minutes almost close to 60 minutes um, quickly I'm going to skip the spelling I had spelling bee written down here I'm going to skip it because we're going to get near the end uh, yeah. any thoughts quickly on Seattle NHL's 30 second team is that exciting think, fun yeah, totems metros what are you, you going to go with here I am kind of I've got a little bit of a soft spot for the uh, sock guys oh yeah it's right sock guys you talked about this sock guys isn't bad like that. Um, I mean, Totems is okay. Metropolitan, I kind of hate. I mean, I don't think they're going Metros because you know the division is called the Metropolitan, so I don't think they're yeah. Out. And Batman kind of made a side of the mouth comment about it. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, I can dig Sockeyes. I forget what kind of the other ones were, but Emeralds, um, whatever else there was, but Sasquatch was that one. Of them? Yeah, there were some <laughs> weird kidding. ones, but. But, uh, I think totems and Sakai is kind of about maybe the two that I would say are the, the top for me. Yeah, I mean, in general, I think it's cool. Um, you get another team in the league, you move Arizona over uh, to the Central, and we get another expansion draft, which, I mean, those are always fun. I, I, I did enjoy talking about that for the Vegas. Um, I think uh, even with the Vegas expansion, not only did we uh, learn a lot, but I, I think we'll, be, we'll even be more experienced when talking about uh, – this expansion coming up, which will be nice. Um, kind of surprising. It's twenty one, twenty two. I thought it'd be a, a year or two sooner, um, which could be a little bit unfortunate for the Sabers, especially if they start yeah, to get really good right, here. Yeah, but we'll yeah, get to that one. in the middle side now. But like you said, like you're going to say we're going to we'll, we'll say that for another day. But uh, yeah, we got yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We got three <laughs> years, to, three years first. to break that down. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I think in general, I think it's it's good. It's fun. Um, I think Vegas was a, a nice addition to the league, and I, I think Seattle will kind of bring the same excitement, curiosity, and newness to the league. Yeah, like that. yeah, newness. I, I like it. It'll be a western, the, the northwest, getting the northwest there, and you know the Vancouver Seattle rivalry will kind of be a thing. And you know, as I said, poor Arizona. I feel bad for Arizona moving to the central, but it is what it is. You know, I'm not going to get into a thing, but maybe that sets up for Houston relocation down the road. But again. We have three years before we get to that, so we'll save we'll save that conversation for another day. So it'll help the cap. It'll help the cap, especially. I mean, it's going up three and a half million dollars between this year and next year. I mean, it's going to go up like four when it gets you know when it gets to that time. So that that'll be it's good news for the Maple Leafs at least, and I guess everybody else from the league. But that definitely helps Toronto in their situation. You know, getting with you know, with getting mm-hmm. Nylander signed uh, over the weekend. We didn't really touch on that, but that's kind of all I'm going to talk about it because that's frustrating. Don't keep me started on a guy that. Uh, Signed the contract with five minutes left, you know, in the in the deadline when he was given that contract the entire time. 
to wrap here on number 82, you know, we touched on a lot. We gave you a big picture scenario moving forward into the eight games here uh, before the Christmas break. We talked about the defense, pilot, depth scoring, Toronto. We relived the 10-game winning streak as we finally start to put that behind us now. So buckle up, I guess you could say, for the future here. It's going to be exciting. Uh, we're going to have some different conversations on this podcast that we've never had before. Uh, Bill and I always talk about that we know how to cover a bad team. We're still trying to get a grasp on how to cover a good team and how <laughs> exactly we're going to talk about it and what we're going to talk about. So we're we're doing our best here, and I feel like it, it's doing well as we move along here. Um, but to get the little spiel here at the end, uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at BTV Hockey. Uh, interact with us there. And any comments, thoughts on games, uh, questions, any questions you want to hear us talk about on the podcast, too, shoot them over, and we'll definitely include that in our podcast moving forward. Um, Shout out to the people on your feed during the Toronto game. There yes, was some good stuff there on there. There was some good stuff in there. I mean, I was, you know, <laughs> there was some really good stuff on there. It was, that was fun. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's what a winning team does, though. It gets some fun things. So that, that's. That's pretty cool, but there were some good comments and replies there. So that I, I give, I, I love the people. The people are great. Everybody loves the people. <laughs> so uh, that's good. Beyond that, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you can hear a podcast, you're probably going to hear us. Any ratings, if you haven't yet. Any reviews, comments, any love that you can give us on any of those outlets. We'd be greatly appreciated because it makes our numbers look better and it makes us look better and we're the more happy people over here. So we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can also leave bad comments if you so choose. We would not like that sometimes, but, you know, again, you, you this is a free country. Constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. Nothing's wrong with welcomed. that. It's a free we country. Just, you can write whatever you want. Just don't call us names because I'm sensitive and I don't appreciate that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also make sure you're checking out Die by the Blade because there's excellent serious content there from myself as well as the other lovely writers on that website and also we figured out that we have magical powers at Die by the Blade too Phil Housley reads Die by the Blade is confirmed since we told him to give Darlene more minutes and he has done so as well as put Rodriguez back in the lineup and a myriad of other things that we've suggested that he's actually done so it is confirmed that Phil Housley reads Die by the Blade so make sure you check out Die by the Blade as well like the Sabres coach does and yeah, I, I think that's it. You know, I'm, I'm excited for moving forward here. You know, that the stressfulness of the 10 game winning streak is behind us. We can focus on the rest of the season, prepare for a playoff season, maybe, Bill. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, we think we have trouble doing podcasts in a regular season where they're winning. I, I can't even imagine doing playoff podcasts because that could, things could get crazy run then. Honestly, believe it or not, it hasn't even crossed my mind until just now. <laughs> we've been talking about how <laughs> they should make the playoffs and it'll be very good for the team and everything and that hasn't even crossed my mind that we'd be doing podcasts during it that'd be kind of crazy yeah that would i don't be... know what, i don't know <laughs> i don't know what i would do with my hands right right i mean hey that i think that's a good way that's a perfect way to explain it. i i don't i don't know we have people on to talk about games i don't know what's going on here do we do one in between each game i, I don't know Let, let's get there first and kind of see how it goes so <laughs> for chad and bill we're going to be out of here this week, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. See you later. Enjoy the wins. See you.